Vice President of Hennigan White Cutting and Rice Insurance Agency. And this is the Advanced Data Workshop using agency data to direct better business decisions. On the panel today, we got four experts in this area. Start off with Raghav Tana. After graduating from Bentley University in 2015, Raghav, who we've called Rags, got his start in the insurance industry as a commercial insurance producer and underwriter. In 2018, Raghav co-founded Tarmica, a single-entry commercial lines rating solution with the goal of empowering independent agents with tech built for them. As a web-based solution, Tarmica utilizes API technology to allow independent agents to quote multiple carriers and a single entry. Currently, the Tarmica Bridge offers five lines of businesses for commercial line insurance and has over 20 carrier integrations. Next, we have Ron Schroyer. He is a former producer turned InsurTech sales leader. He is currently the vice president of sales at Aureus Analytics, and prior to that was part of the risk match sales team that was acquired by Vertifor. He has leveraged 15 plus years experience in technology and insurance to help independent agencies and carriers invest in and adopt better ways to manage and grow their business. He spends his spare time with his wife and two kids grinding away at the gym and playing golf. Edo Deutsch is an entrepreneur and go-to market professional and insurance enthusiast. He is currently the head of growth at Argentero, building a smarter, more intuitive insurance ecosystem. Prior to Argentero, Edo founded three technology businesses, resulting in two acquisitions and assisted several startups achieve their growth goals. Ron Glossman is the CEO and founder of Chisel AI. He is co-author of the AI book, the first globally crowdsourced book on the applications of AI across insurance and financial services. The book brings together some of the industry's best thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers. Named an insurance innovator to watch by Digital Insurance Magazine, Ron is a frequent speaker at insurance and fintech conferences and hosts a podcast, AI Wisdom, Talking Insurance Innovation. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Ray. We got about, I think, 45 minutes today, about 50 minutes to really talk and dive in. We have a tough act to follow as I've been following some of the other sessions. They've been outstanding. So I think this will be as well. And I'm really excited to host this. This is a topic near and dear to me. And I really like to dive into it quick. So if you don't mind, just go ahead and start throwing some questions out here. And if you don't mind, Ron, I'd like to start with you. How can an effective data strategy fuel business growth? And how can agencies use technology to take a more data-driven approach to the business? I'll start off with a little bit of base context. So about 80% of all data that exists is unstructured. That's probably not surprising to most of you. If you think about the way you communicate with your partners, it's typically coming in as an email. The email has attachments. It could be a PDF document, it can be a Word document, it can be an Excel document, it could be the back of a paper napkin. Who knows? People send anything these days. And so then it's your job to take that information and put it somewhere. And that's another problem. Oftentimes we end up with data silos, which means that we have disparate systems that often don't communicate with each other that store different copies of information and sometimes duplicate copies of the information, which means that you're having valuable time spent by your employees entering the same information, contact name, contact phone number, policy number, et cetera, into multiple systems instead of having it all automated and done at once. So another cool thing is that about 90% of all data has been created in the last, I believe it's like, 
two years or since 2018. So a couple more years than that, but it's crazy how much data is being created and it's only becoming more and more. And so as agencies and brokers and all of the different stakeholders, reinsurance, everybody that's involved in the chain has to deal with more and more data. We have to be better and more efficient about how we do it. And so that's where I'm very excited about artificial intelligence, natural language processing, chatbots, all of these great technologies that are coming to market to help solve some of these problems. One of the issues that comes up with what Ron mentioned, I mean, there's a large subset of data that's flowing into the market right now, but most of it is still fragmented. So most of it is in disparate systems. And you're talking about, you know, 10 different AMS systems. You're talking about Salesforce and different CRMs that are out there. And most agencies don't have a methodology or can't combine all that information into one workflow and build insights off of what they're collecting from all these disparate systems. So that's one of the issues that arises within agencies. I know we've had that problem at the agency I used to be at. We've, we've had that problem as a tech company, and it's very difficult to find a way to manage a large amount of information if you can't combine all of those different data formats into one. So true. That's a really good point, Rags. And, and as we take a look at what's been unique in the industry over the last handful of years is the amount of other tech partners that have come to be. And the nice thing about this is that the majority of these tech partners have the ability to integrate with each other. And I know, Raghav, you and I have conversations all the time about you know, other companies that we that our companies integrate with, but that are going to provide flexibility to an agency. And this kind of goes back to Ron's view of the unstructured data, because it is in all these different systems. But I think what's unique now and then in the, in the coming future is the ability to really break down the walls of those silos and help use each other's data to give you a better understanding of your business. But also when you start to take a look at what's happening with your customers, and it always is going to start with that end goal in mind, where do you want to be as an agency? And if you could take a look at retention metrics, up cross-sell, upsell metrics, net new business, but also how you can have better discussions with carriers, it's going to lay the foundation for you to be in a very strong position as an agency owner, as an account manager within an agency as well. And for the record, we don't integrate with all these systems because we want the data. We want to combine all this information into one flow and pass it to people. We want to be the holder of that information. It's hard to be able to do all that, but there's a reason why you see all these announcements about all these insure tech companies integrating and it 100% comes back to information and data. The other piece of this too is the benefit to an agency is when you take a look at workflows, because that's just inherently important when you're looking at solving efficiency challenges or help improving those too. And it's the benefit for the technology companies to be able to pull in that data and have it and distribute it out. But there's also a kind of what's in it for me from the agency side as well. Yeah, exactly. And just building on that, right? Like there is all this data out there. Agencies have so much data and, and there is a lot of difference between, you know, just having data and accessing data, which sometimes causes this sort of analysis paralysis, like so much data. I don't know what to do with that. To how do you get this data and actually using it to deliver insights or to pursue your goals? So starting with the goal and then building the insights from the data that you have, right? So there is this difference between this getting all this data, data extraction and having some, all the data formatted and all those databases versus just getting the insights and analytics out of that and making it sort of more predictive of what you need and how to act upon that. So I think that's the part about data that starts making it more actionable for the agencies. That happens quite a bit within agencies when you talk about renewals and churn and, and all of that stuff. And the reason that this comes up all the time is because you might know what your churn rate is, but you don't necessarily know why your churn rate is what it is. And you don't know what classes of business, lines of business is creating that additional churn. There could be a scenario, and I know Aureus is working on this, and I'm, I'm sure Ron has insights on this, Ron Glossman. There's probably scenarios where you could figure out the propensity that a client has to leave your agency, and 
just by studying the unstructured data and building insights off of that unstructured data, there's a whole world of solutions out there that other industries utilize that insurance doesn't to understand some of these metrics. And most of it comes down to renewals and churn because you have enough information on those current customers, but I'm sure it flows into new business as well at some point in time. That's a good point. Just again, building on that, I think that that's a great point. A large portion of the market, a lot of conversations with agencies that I'm having that you know, you started with agencies know their churn. I think that it starts there. Like they need to start with those metrics in mind. A lot of them don't start with that. They don't have that. They don't track it properly. I think this is the first step to understand, to make sure that you can build upon your data and make those actionable insights from the data. I don't know if it's that they can't, that they don't track it or they can't track it because in some scenarios, it is almost impossible to track that information without the right tools and infrastructure in place. And what's interesting is I think oftentimes people sometimes mix the concept of like data extraction and data analytics. And one of them is like a precursor to the other. So you start with data extraction, which is sort of where we are today, which is how do we get all of this data out and structured? And then we ask all these cool questions, like what's the propensity for a customer to not bind? What's the propensity that if we upsell them, that they'll actually buy that upsell, right? Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, I think oftentimes we can't get to running before we walk. And I think as an industry, we're still starting to walk. There are a couple of companies I'll say that are like in the very, very early minority. They're the first five to 10%, but 90% of the market still isn't there yet. And so most people should right now be thinking about data extraction. At the same time, you also have to work back. You have to know what question you want answered to be able to get the right data. So what's the likelihood that a customer leaves You'll probably need to know the premiums. How many years have they been a customer? Have they grown their business? Has their business shrunk? Whatever other questions, then you can start to collect the data. And in a couple of months or years, you'll be able to do the analytics. Spot on, Ron. You have to understand where you are as of today and take a look at the past, understand where you're going to go with it. So, I mean, that, that, was, that was great. Nice ad. The other piece of that though, Ron, I think it also depends on what you're looking for as an agency, because a lot of these agencies that I work with, at least, they might not necessarily be looking at premium volume. They might be looking at revenue internally. How much revenue are you losing? What's mm-hmm. the gift count that you're losing? So the policies in force that you're losing. I think those two metrics nowadays matter more to carriers and matter more to agencies than the written premium. And I, I love when people talk about written premium because I mean, I'll never forget. We used to write accounts on the agency side that were 500,000 in, in premium, but I was making like 10 bucks on it because you know, you're getting no commission on it. So to me, losing one of those accounts that takes that much work didn't matter as much as losing that $20,000 account where you got 15, 20% commission. So I think that portion is also important when you're asking yourself those questions. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. I like to talk about the data analytics and data extraction, you know, getting the information and basically what's the information telling you. Before we move on to another question, I guess maybe I can ask one thing in regards to that, where you have that data extraction or you have the data analytics. Is there another source out there where you have to take that data and hey, filter this through, run it through the logarithm or whatnot, you know, because somebody may not have five, six years to, to look back at this data. And you're trying to solve real time problems with the data you're given at the moment. Is this something people are just not able to use in their current agency management software? Or is it something basically that you think that the industry is looking at as a another purchase basically outside of their current agency management system? I don't yep. think in any world we're in real time yet. We're not solving real-time problems yet. I don't even think we're close as an industry. Okay. I don't think any industry is really that close to solving real-time problems. So we're taking past data and trying to build future insights, which is okay. That's how most industries operate. But I think that's the current flow and the current working world of an agency is you're going to look at all these past insights to build a future analytics 
tool for yourself to understand what's going to happen in two years. One thing that's cool is to, you know, you maybe, as Raghav said, you know, you, you look at past data to, to predict what's going to happen next, but also there are some things about your clients, for example, you can know now, right? Like the other things that can help you make better decisions right now. I don't know if it's real time, you know, understanding very well your core metrics, but it can help you drive different processes or actions within the agency and building different journey for your clients, right? You can, there are ways that you can leverage data that doesn't exist for you right now at your agency management system and bring it in somehow to, to give you more insights and understanding of your holistic client and what they do, where they are, right? You don't feel as if by the time you do that, you're already looking at past information. Like by the time you make that distinction, you're probably too That's late. true. I mean, I agree with you, but in, in some regards, but I think by the time you make these decisions, you're like, well, I'm two weeks late now, a month late. I missed that yes. renewal cycle. The one I cared about, I missed. And this whole re next renewal cycle might be entirely different. I'm on different insights on this now. So in order for insurance and the way for this to work properly, data extraction, data analytics to work properly, at some point in time, we're going to have to get to real time. Yeah, I think the last thing that to wrap, wrap this side up, because I know we have a few other topics to jump on, Ray, is going back to the willingness and the flexibility of tech partners to be able to work together, because that's going to help close that time gap of it. And as you take a look at some of the legacy platforms, some of the bigger players, the Vertifors, the Applieds of the world, then you get Hawksoft, Nowsert, EasyLinks, QQ, and so on. Each one of them are in a stage as far as opening up, because they know they have to provide options for their agencies and their users to be able to grab the data that they need and be able to work with the partners they want to work with. So I think there's a lot of good reasons to be optimistic within the industry right now because those players who have typically remained kept everything in their own house in-house silos um, are starting to open up so it, it's pretty exciting for that opportunity to, to shorten that time frame so you can get better results and more actionable insights on your data closer to real time so hopefully we get to that soon so let's move on here a little bit i think we pretty well hashed that one out very well by using the right data how can agencies identify customer retention and new business opportunities start off with rag off on this one yeah, I mean, there's a whole slew of ways to utilize data. I'm going to focus on new business opportunities instead of retention, because I think we did cover a little bit of churn and retention on the last topic. So in terms of new business opportunities, I think what you'll hear more agencies say than not is that they're generalists. And when you actually take a look at the data, if you can extract and analyze and build insights off of proper data, you'll realize that most agencies are not generalists. There's a certain class mix, certain state mix, line of business mix that they do really well. And I think if they can build off of those insights and understand what they're doing well, what they're writing well, what they're successful on, what their hit rate is the highest on, then agencies will be much more profitable as well. So my belief is that most agencies have a higher hit rate, let's say on restaurants than they would on contractors in a certain state or a certain agency. And if they can focus on restaurants over contractors to make sure that they're not spinning their wheels on clients that they're not going to win, that data becomes increasingly more important. Holds true for retention as well. What are you retaining? What classes, what states, what lines of business are you retaining? Uh, does it help if you have multiple lines, if it's a upsell that you got workers comp as well? All that stuff becomes important, but I don't think anyone actually tracks it well enough yet. There's some agencies that do, but it needs to be tracked at such a deep level to get that understanding in order for agencies to continue to grow that EBITDA margin. One fact that I personally love is that 50% of people in the US are underinsured, which is crazy to me. But like the story that I always think of is like, if you're like a farmer in California who bought 
property in 1980. You could have got it for like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for the land and like the barn. Nowadays, just the land is worth a couple million, let alone the barn. And so when you have a fire and, you know, nobody has the time to look at the data and say, hey, what's the property value today? Because oftentimes renewals just renew at the same rate year over year over year. And that's where you can get into this problem where not only is the farmer going to be upset if there's a loss, but it's going to suck for everybody. Whereas they'd be happy to pay a little bit more premium for the right amount of coverage. And it's driving up your commission, right? Of that premium. And so by looking at some of these data sets and just like, that's my favorite one, just like 50% of people are underinsured. Just look at the property values around you and bump up the premium, the limits a little bit. There are simple problems like that, that data can really help you uncover. And that again is good client service. The person will not churn because they'll say, he's got my back. You know, Raghav knows what he's talking about. You know, I really do think that data analytics is going to reduce churn. It's going to help us do upsell and really uncover new business opportunities. Yeah. And, and just building on Ron's story, the way agencies are looking at their retention and the insights that he mentioned, like getting those uh, premium higher and, and getting the right coverage. Agencies don't have the right processes right now to, to look at that. I think, again, going back to what I said before, it all starts with the goal and what you set up front. How are you tracking things and what are the processes that you set within your agency? So then you have this renewal point, for example, just making it straightforward. You have this renewal point that you touch and chat with your clients and making sure that you review the account, that is the point in time in which you can look at the data and then make this thing that Ron mentioned, hey, the property value just went up so much. Let's let's have a conversation, have that. Most agencies, they're focusing on new business that's coming in. Don't spend too much time on the existing book that they currently have to have those conversations, to analyze what they have and what they can, what's the delta where they can get more of. Just adding one additional one line of insurance for the clients so getting to around 1.5, 1.8 policies on average per client would drive retention to around 95%. In addition to that, just looking at the data, agencies are focusing on new business. 50% of this new business growth is offset by the churn of policies and, and clients leaving the agency. So they spend all this time up front getting like getting these leads, get, getting all those processes to follow up, making sure that they are super spot on on the timing and getting this flow. But then they forget about renewal. They don't spend the right efforts there and don't put their the resources to, to build on what they already have. And it's so much cheaper to get more of that than getting those new clients. Getting the retention to 95% or higher, it's, it's not going to be that hard if you put the processes in place, if you have and, and you make sure that the agency and the employees are aligned behind this goal, right? It, it's around putting the goal at the top and then building to it. Yeah, I think that's a great point, you know, and we look at it is way, way less expensive to be able to kind of work with the clients that you have in house because you get a lot of good insights, you have an established relationship. And, you know, when agencies start to set growth goals in place and say, hey, we want to grow organically 8.5% this year. But if you have 12, 13% of your business walking out the door on January 1st for a flat date, you're effectively having to go out and have to sell 20% additional business to be able to hit those numbers. So if you are able to get a good grasp of your current clients from a retention standpoint, but also from cross sell upsell piece, you know, I love that Ron's example of the, the limits and farmers being able to evaluate that efficiently and communicating it to your clients, increasing coverages, all those little incremental endorsements and, and increases in premium volumes are going to pay off dividends to you. It's a good mix of new business. It's always important, but there's a huge opportunity within an existing book to get to where you need to be from a growth mm -hmm. standpoint. Well, putting it kind of circles back to what Rogoff said initially, 
But then it was like, well, you have a fifty thousand dollar account and you got ten dollars out of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so trying to get new business and you're you know filling water in a bucket with a hole in the bottom of it. You know, so, yeah. It's so interesting too because as agency owners, they they're focused on on this new business growth and this insane metric that they have to hit. You know, growing double digits every single year. Growing double digits every single year depends on what you're trying to talk about. If you're talking about PIF count versus if you're talking about revenue, they're two entirely different things. Then there's premium volume. So I think there's a whole bunch of interesting information that could be gathered and could be utilized as an agency. And Ido made a comment that agencies aren't doing it yet. Again, it goes back to they can't do it yet. I think as tech companies start to develop the capabilities to do this, they'll be able to start utilizing those tools. And I'm sure some of your companies are doing it. We're in a different department. We're on the, the new business side. But again, it's, it is interesting. I think there's a lot of opportunity down the road for agents. Just building on what you said, yes, I think some companies are doing that. I think there it's a huge opportunity there. And I definitely, in my conversations with agencies, see, see them not taking advantage of what they can, right? There is not a lot that they can take advantage of, but even what's available for them. They still focus on this new business coming in and don't spend the right amount of time or allocation just within how they look at their business, right? Like how they manage their business. They spend on this lead gen and getting this process to get new clients very, very well. And that's where they spend 85, 90% of the time and not on the back end of stuff. Okay, I have those clients. How do I keep them? How do I make more of them? How do I get those to stay, to refer more clients, right? There is so much there to do. Maybe it's just the, the fact that they don't have time and they don't have the capacity, or it's just that the way that it's easier to think about new business in terms of growth versus retention and keeping your churn low, right? New business is a better looking number. Yes. <laughs> you by 20% new business. Everyone wants to hear that. When you say, hey, my retention was 91%. Well, shouldn't it be? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. I'll yeah. speak on this as an agent and then we'll move on a little bit, but you guys have hit, kind of hit the nail right on the head. It's, it, retention kind of is that thing that no one really seems to care about. You know, you have a combined loss ratio of 30% basically in the company and you're growing by 4%. As an agent, a lot of times you, you feel like you're kind of getting pulled several different directions. You kind of got to razzle that. Hey, we're going to push this new project over here. We want eight something percent growth on this area and we didn't have this much written. You're like, well, wait a minute here. We're, we're pretty profitable and doing pretty well, you know, and it feels like you're constantly kind of swimming different directions all at the same time. So I'm glad that you guys see it from that end too. Moving on here. So I want to make sure we get to a lot of topics and we get a chance to weigh in on a few things. So I want to direct this next question, Ido, if you don't mind, what are the top three ways that data analytics help agents can optimize your book of business right now? Yeah, good question. I, th I think the, the first thing is to look at your existing and successful clients, right? Look at your clients and see what, what works and what doesn't work. Like look at your best clients and analyze what did they go through? What was their journey? What did we do with them? Why, why do they have more policies? Why are they renewing every year? Looking at that, looking at your existing clients and, and making some inferences on, okay, this is the journey they went through. This is how they were successful with us. This is the first place, at least from my perspective, to look at the data that the agency currently have and can utilize, right? Like look at your clients, look where they came from, what they have and how you can leverage them and, and their data. Then also try to weave out, you know, when you look at this data also, try to weave out th those bad clients, those, I call them bad clients. You know, there is no bad client, but not, not like, profitable clients. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. So don't spend your time on those that are not bad clients. I'll say it again, <laughs> not profitable <laughs> clients. 
try to to analyze your best clients and then fit processes and fit your the way you act upon this data based on those clients. That would be the first place to start for me. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point. It kind of plays into what we the last topic too of looking at new business because if you could take a look at those good, sticky, profitable clients that you have, and then when you have new leads and new new opportunities coming in, you want to you want to try to mirror that because if you take a look at uh, bringing on bad clients, it's inefficient. Your your team spends a ton of time. You don't generate a lot of revenue off of them, and your carriers typically won't like them either. So if you can replicate those good clients that are very profitable for you and your carriers, it's going to allow you to have better, more thoughtful conversations about which markets you should place with, which is going to make the carriers happy. And they're more, going to be more than happy to compensate you for good business. And that's going to give you another opportunity to evaluate some of your carrier relationships that you have, because, you know, not to say I've, I've met with hundreds and hundreds of agencies over the last six, seven years, and most of them have way too many markets that they trade with. And it's inefficient uh, from an executive standpoint, all the way down to the desk level. If you don't get a good grasp as far as what are your prime markets to place some of your best business with, I know there's always going to be a need for a wholesaler here, a wholesaler there that can write, you know, the, the non-standard type business. But I think that's also something from a way data, data and analytics can help you understand where you're going to be able to grow and what's going to be the best way to, for you to become efficient with your carrier market still. Rags, I know you got some pretty good points on this too. If I'm going to just pick on you on this one too. Yeah. I mean, I think there are such things as bad clients. I think yeah. there's a lot of bad clients. Mm -hmm. And I think the issue with most Insurance agencies, and this is an issue with agencies, this is an issue in businesses. Insurance agencies operate as insurance agencies and they need to operate as business. And the way businesses operate is if there's someone that's bleeding you dry of money because you're spending too much time on them, you drop them. It's not worth the time or the effort to continue to operate with that client if they're losing you money. You would never, as a tech company, you would never keep a client on that's not paying you, but you're still working for them. That wouldn't make sense. So why in the insurance agency world do we continue to focus on clients that are losing us money and not because of claims or losses or anything like that, that happens. I mean, they're calling you constantly for a small premium to have you deal with issues and create issues that aren't going to be beneficial for your business. So data can help you understand that. And when you start looking at Ron's first point of the day, 80% data is unstructured, take a look at that email list. And if I have 150 emails from Ron Troyer about his car insurance, that's $500, asking me to remarket it every year and asking me to check it five times a year, well, I'm losing money on him now. So we need to start focusing on things like that. And data can do it. And data can do it today. So when we talk about solving current problems, a month before that next renewal, take a look at all that information and say, okay, that client's going to lose me money. And even though your retention might go down, the actual earnings the actual profitability of the agency will go up dramatically. Uh -huh. On that same point, because I look at that too, guys, uh, we do this a lot here in my own agency. Um, and my first question we asked, and then we asked earlier on that there was no uh, separate piece of technology, you know, available as you said, right? In real time, it really isn't isn't there yet. So, are you suggesting that, or maybe any of you, I'll throw this out to all you guys, you suggesting that basically look at how many contacts points we've had with uh, this quote unquote, less than perfect client, but not just calling all the time. You say, okay, look, I've talked to this guy 15, every time he calls 15 minutes, requoting typically takes about 20, 30 minutes to do that and hit a clock on it and go, I'm paying it's people not, so much for that. And then this is yeah. not working out for me. Is yeah. that kind of what we, I, we kind of do at this point since we're not yeah. a day? 
I think that, that that's, I think that's a great point, but I think you need to start establishing which with in prioritization. So if you look at uh, top revenue producing clients, whether it's an aggregated premium over a lifespan since they've been with you, and then start to set those tiers and thresholds. And if you have customers that are underneath $500 in premium with it, and you can start analyzing, I, we see hundreds of these every single week from some of our clients right now to say, we end up talking to these people 15 times a year. And my account staff needs to focus on these clients that are really driving our business right now. So there's a lot of ways pretty easily identify who those clients are right out of the gate to be able to get a, almost an instant benefit if you do it the right way. But again, it comes down to getting the data and then putting the plans and steps and, act, and taking action and executing on that data too. And you can use tech to do it, but realistically, how much are you paying your CSR an hour? How many hours are they spending on that client? How much does that client make you? It doesn't take, it's just a simple math equation. You don't need tech to do that for you. It's probably better to use it because it's more accurate for the most part. It's pulling real-time data, but not real-time, but it's pulling data for the future uh, instances of this process. But why not just pull all of the, if you know in your head, you always know the clients that we're talking about. There are five clients in every agency's head that's like, yeah, that guy takes up a lot of time. Just pull that information. I guarantee when you look back, that client probably makes you less money than you spend on them every single year for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Ray's laughing. He knows. <laughs> I'm sure everybody. Every- I'll give you- <laughs> Ray, I want you to test that theory. And if I'm right, you owe me dinner. <laughs> okay. All right. I already know you're right. So. <laughs> All right, guys, before we move on to the next question, we'll make sure that uh, anyone listening to us knows that uh, if you have any questions, make sure you uh, pop into the Q&A panel. Just go ahead and ask it. Ask it, And uh, we'll get it filtered in here. We'll try and work that in. So don't uh, raise a hand, I think, on the chat feature that we have there. It's on the Q&A side, and that'll get sent over to our end. Okay? Well, I think it's a really good discussion. If anyone else has anything to add, I'm going to move on to the next kind of question here that we might want to kind of dive into and give some thoughts into. And I'm going to throw this one back to you, Ragoff. How can agency streamline workflow? You mentioned staff and CSRs of hours. You know, you talked about basically bringing the pencil and paper and how much time, you know, CSR takes on this. How do you streamline that workflow to become more profitable using the data? Yeah, so I think one thing that data will start to tell you, and you have to do this for a consistent period of time. You have to understand the information month over month, quarter over quarter, year over year to start getting to this point. But what you'll realize pretty quickly after you've done this process is as you start to aggregate this information on time spent on certain tasks, as you start to aggregate this information on find rates and hit rates and conversion rates and retention rates and all of those additional numbers that are important to an agency, you'll start to see that there are certain members of your staff that do a better job and make you more profitable in different areas. And not everyone's good at the same thing. This is why you hire a CTO and a CEO and a CFO and all this other stuff, because they're not good at the same things. So when you start to look at all those numbers, you see which employee is spending time on certain tasks and doing an excellent job with that. You might have one person that calls every one of your clients before renewal every year, and you realize that that increased retention rate by 2%. Another employee called and increased retention by 4%. It depends on how you structure this. So each person might be good at something else, but you should track all of that. And it's not difficult to track that as long as you know what your processes are. And Ito's made this point a couple of times today, know the process, build the process, and it's going to work for you. And I think that's extremely important for agencies of the future. And we'll start to see more of that, I think, in the, the coming months and years. Yeah. 
good points. I think that, you know, another thing to do over there with your staff is also aligning, once you set the goals and the processes, as I said multiple times, aligning the, the compensation or aligning their personal goals to your agency goals, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to build the data. You need to look at, as Raghav said, look at the historics of what happened and month over month and year over year and see what, you know, who performs and how they perform and then try to align their compensation to the goals that you're trying to achieve. This is also something that don't see quite often. And I think that's super important, right? Like each person needs to have their goals, but their goals needs to align to the, the, the more broader agency goal and what you're trying to achieve. And, and you can leverage data to, to build that for you as well. So, you know, that's how agencies can become, I think, more profitable. But I'll be just, uh, I'll, I'll say it over, over and over again, goals and processes, it's all, all, all building to, to there. Yeah, and I, I think that's something I was, I was speaking with Mick Hunt earlier today, and he has, a, he has a great consulting business that really focuses on both the operational side, but also the sales side, as far as establishing those processes in place. And I think, I know it's very difficult, but regardless of what stage you're in as an agency, if you're a scratch agency that's starting up, you can start doing that stuff right now. And I realize it might be a, more difficult for an existing agency to put these processes in place in it, but it's going to be a short-term painful thing to put them in there, but long-term, it's going to be so amazing for your company. I know we all have clients that have done operational change management um, and have implemented it and have seen dramatic results from their team, from their book of business um, and everything. So every, anybody who's on the call that's evaluating, you know, working with a consultant that's been doing this, um, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of great ones. I mean, highly recommend it because it's going to mean the world to you and your agency. Speaking of processes, I think one great example is like finding a process that is time consuming and automating it. And one that, you know, we've seen a lot of success with is the like policy check process or anything that has to happen. So like policy check to us is really just a process of data extraction and data validation. So making sure that the quote, the binder, the expiring policy and the new policy all match up and there haven't been any types of errors and omissions, you know, along the way. And so today, oftentimes that process either doesn't happen at all, which is very unfortunate, which is why there's ENO insurance for everybody, or the process happens, but people hate it. People do it in an unstandardized fashion. And just, you know, that's time that they could have been spending with a client, but they're really in the back room filling in paper. That's sort of how I see it. So being able to take that process out and automate it and give it back so that they can go and spend more time in the front office is a great way. And, and that's both for use of like tools, but also like data, because really you're using the data to validate historical facts and you're using tools to help you do that. It's a great point. So we talked about goals a lot too. And so what if your company, your agency has technology goals that, you, that you're looking for here? I'll throw this one, start off with Ron. Throw this question, you pick at you a little bit. How important it is basically for an agency, let's say you got six, seven, maybe even eight carriers. Do you recommend going to your carriers? Going, look, this is where we want to go. Your farm um, carrier or whatnot that is outside, you know, that maybe not is the most technical savvy carrier. How do you have that conversation uh, with them? Hey, this process you do now is really not working with where our agency is going to be going in the future. Yeah, and you have to have those conversations. And it's interesting because we, we work with a lot of carriers and agencies alike. And I think there's there's a good movement from each end to, to understand what challenges each has as far as transacting business. Because a lot of it's still antiquated. But I think there's been a, a 
a lot of movement within agency working directly with the carrier to help identify technologies that are going to help expedite that process. And they usually I mean like Tarmica, for instance, I mean, they get a lot of joint opportunities because it's going to mean the world to both. So you have to be very frank with your carrier partners to understand why a relationship may not be working out or might not be the best for you now, even though it was great eight years ago, things have shifted quickly. But a lot of carriers are always willing to work with you to you know, even to a certain extent, subsidize some technology investments if you have an open conversation with them about what's in it for them too. And it's not so much using data to be club a carrier over top of the head to say, I'll give you, you know, these 400 clients if you give me 10 basis points more in commission. It's, it's not about that. It's about how can we move together forward and grow together that I'm going to give you good business that's going to help all of your loss ratios, combined ratios, expense, every, every ratio that you have, every financial metrics you have, but it's also going to mean the world to me as an agency. And it's going to mean the world to my clients too, because they're going to know that they have the best T's and C's in place. And we can focus on these clients that are with you and these select few other carriers, because it's going to be much, much more efficient. There's a lot of different ways you can have that conversation, but don't go into it. It's going to be an aggressive conversation because it needs to be, but don't go into it. Like it needs to be, it doesn't have to be combative because there's so many carriers that are open to, to working with agencies. When you approach the conversation in that way, when you actually go to a carrier and say, hey, here's why I want to do things this way. Here's what it's going to do for me, but it's also going to help you. Mm-hmm. That's when they're willing to help fund some of those investments into insure techs and yeah. technology. If you go in and you're combative and you say, I want more money. Well, who doesn't want more money? I want more money. <laughs> and that's not going to change anything. So I think that's an important point to make. But again, the other piece to this is, and this holds true for carriers too. It holds true for everyone on this panel. Not every insure tech is right for every agency. So you have to pick and choose which one makes sense for you as an agency. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, I mean, we've went into scenarios where we've met with agencies and we're not right for them. And we tell them that because you don't want to get into a position where you're creating more work for an agency or different work that they're not willing or able to do. And I think a lot of the times you have to take what the carrier says with a grain of salt as well, because sometimes they're going to come to you with certain solutions that don't make sense for you. And there's other solutions out there that they don't work with yet that do make sense for you. So I think that's an important point to make as well. You have to do your own research. You have to really figure out what makes sense from an investment standpoint and in tech, and then go with it and start building processes off of it. Yeah. And I think that in, we're all in a similar stage as far as our companies, but the agencies need to treat it the same. Because if you can take that stance and say, I'm not doing this, even though you kind of can fit the square peg into the round hole in a way, but once you can say, you know, this is our model, this is what we're going to do. It's, it's outside of that scope. It feels great, first of all, to turn down stuff like that. But, uh, but it's, it's going to mean a lot more to you in the future because you, you, know, you held strong and it, it's going to be more value to your clients, the ones that are fit too. Yeah. You feel like a baller when you turn down. A yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm going to say no to that content. No. It just doesn't make sense sometimes. And you, as a, this is what I was saying about agencies too, though, right? Agencies need to turn down clients sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't fit your needs. Sometimes you have to get rid of them. And that's okay. It's part of a business. Yeah. Well, this is probably a good point to plug a little bit here on uh, state associations. When I can talk about not every single insure tech, not every single new shiny technology is right for every agency. And so you have a lot of agencies that are usually in that transition point, you know, where revenue is pushing, where they have to do things differently and looking for technology. And so I'll plug on this because we're on, on the task force for our state, you know, Illinois. Reach out to your state associations agents out there and talk to them. They, they more than likely already have a board to work on and looking at it, and they can probably give you a lot of insight without you just sitting on four hours of Zoom calls or whatnot with a, with a rep or whatnot and trying it because it's pretty expensive to switch technologies one way or another and you might end up losing more money, not just the cost of it, 
the time and productivity um, in, in the process. So, and culture plays into that too, as well. And so I think that your state associations can help out probably with that. So you guys have anything to add to that too? I know I, I yeah. No, I, I'll add to that because that's a, that's a great point, Ray. And I think because there are so many players in the insure tech space now too, it can get very cloudy and, and hard for an agency owner and the team to be able to understand what's the right fit for them. And, and I think the state associations are, are doing a tremendous job um, of organizing all that information and providing the advice of what's going to work with, you know, what AMS is, what tech stack, what, what portfolio split of an agency. That's fantastic piece of advice because I know it can be very uh, difficult and cumbersome to make good validated decisions without resources like that. I say we all kind of learn from each other's mistakes. So it kind of helps out from that. Right. We'll talk, we got time for just a few more uh, moments here and see any questions um, coming in. If you have any questions, make sure you pop them in the Q&A. We only have a few more minutes with these experts. So I want to kick on how important, and I'm going to start with uh, Ron Glossman on this one. How important is culture, you know, based into this insure tech world that you have here in your agency? I know this is something that a lot of agencies struggle with especially for a multi-generational agency. I've already listened to a couple talks on this this, this morning uh, on this, and it, it is a difficult part, and, but InsureTech and, and data plays a huge part in this as well. Yeah, so it's interesting. I had a opportunity to speak with, I think it was, I hope it was Kirsten Marr who shared this with me, but somebody shared with me that only 4% of uh, new college grads are entering the insurance workforce, but 55% of people in insurance are going to be retiring in the next 10 to 15 years. And so when you do the math, there's actually going to be a shrinkage in the workforce. But obviously every business wants to grow. You know, Rags is talking about growing in double digits every year. But how do you do that when you have a shrinking workforce? And so the answer is we have to be more efficient. We have to do automate a lot of the unnecessary things away. And that comes, part of it comes from culture. I remember our first project that came in and there was a lady who had spent like 30 years at this agency and she was the biggest detractor. And she was like, no, this is never going to work. And she reported every single bug. The thing is that she was the most helpful person ever. And then by the end of the two weeks, sorry, two month pilot, she was like, oh my God, this is going away. How am I going to do my job without this? Uh-huh. And so she'd literally gone in that time span from like, I'm never going to use technology to, oh my God, I can't do my job without this. Yeah. And I, so I think that type of mindset shift and having people who are able to go along with you on that journey and are willing to, I think that culture is very important. And then the second piece is that, you know, computers have the ability to sort of have perfect memory. And so as those experts retire, there's going to be a lot of generational knowledge lost that unless it's transferred hands-on, there's no other way to really capture it. And so again, that's where technology and data can really come in is if we can find out what their tricks are to finding and growing their business, identifying profitable segments, et cetera, we can try to imitate that in the future with technology. Just for the record too, Ron. So I know you said 4% of college grads don't they go into insurance now. Ron Schroeder has been to my office. I think 55% of my workforce is a college grad within the last two years. I mean, they're all on insurance. So <laughs> culture is extremely important. And as much of a hard ass as I am, they still work here because the rest of the people make the culture good. So I think it's important <laughs> for insurance agencies, though, because you're starting to see this. It's not going to be easy to get young employees to work here or work for you as an agency owner, unless there's a shift in the technology available to them because they've been using computers in college and in high school and all that stuff. They got iPads and everything uh, from the time they were 10. 
So all of that stuff needs to be consistent. You need to have all of the tech tools available to them so they don't do their job on pen and paper like everyone else is doing. And I still have my notebook here, but I mean, most people want to do everything online now. So the, all those tech tools need to be enabled and that's part of culture. So having technology is 100% part of the culture within an organization. I love it. You're leading the charge. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I got, 100%. Yeah, we, we got lucky. We got lucky. <laughs> Uh, well, in the last few minutes here, what what would be the last kind of parting? What's your north star? What what should people be looking for here with their data and how to uh, grab it and make better business decisions? I'll put one north star, which I mentioned earlier in the in the conversation. I think one thing for an agency to do, if I would say one thing, is look at your existing book of business. I would say take that and look at the time you allocate right now between new business and and retention, and just spend 10 to 15% more of that into your existing book. Just shift how you look at that, how your team is spend, spending their time and put that, like all the rest, all the data, all, you know, all the goals, all the metrics, everything that goes underneath that starts from like just a, a shift in thinking and how you view your agency and your business, right? So I would say for me, one star would be, I'll just spend a little more time allocating to, retention to your existing book and focus on that. Great. Ron, how about you? Ron G, Ron S. <laughs> Sorry, Ron Troyer. <laughs> no, I, I think it comes down to, like with the change management and the processes piece. I mean, I, you know, agency leaders need to understand where they're, how they're going to get better. I, largely, this industry has been tremendously successful doing what they've done and doing what they've always done. People have made a lot of money, have done, built great businesses and so on, but that doesn't mean that there's better ways to do things to make your employees happy, to make your customers happy. So I'm not in the mode of like letting everybody, all my employees make decisions based off the long-term strategy of my business. I feel like agency executives need to understand what they can do, but also lead that charge, lead by example and provide that strategy and, and relay it all the way down through the ranks so that everybody's on the same page and keep transparent through that. that that's my biggest thing. And, and the other piece is just, hey, take, like Ito said, just take a step forward. It could be a baby step, but just move forward because you know there's a lot of other opportunities for other players to come into this industry, and we want to make sure we preserve the you know the sanctity of the IA channel and everything that's going on too as well. I mean, there's there's a lot of really you know great things that could potentially be done here over the next few years. Ron Glossman, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I would say to one of the earlier comments that we had earlier is you know a lot of people say that data is the new oil or the new gold and, and data is worth more than both of those and so i think a lot of people actually have a lot more data than they think they do it's just that they're not currently using it and so it's not about going out there and like you know setting up all these new systems to track all these new processes i honestly think you probably have most of what you need already and you should start with that and based off what you find in your existing data, you can start to collect new data. So I wouldn't go off and like leave this and say, all right, we're going to spend $100,000 starting this data collection initiative. I'd rather you spend $100,000 analyzing the data you already have to draw some conclusions, some hypotheses, and then test those instead. Great point. Great point. Rex, not last but not least. Take what Ron said and go a little different direction. The Mine is spend less money, not more. I think you already have everything you need to do what you need to do. So there's no need to spend money on a lot of this stuff. First, learn and figure out what you actually need to accomplish. And seriously, get rid of those clients because they're losing you money. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I would say. Those two points will allow you to spend money on 
data analytics down the road and spend 100K on the data analytics on your current systems once you've done the initial work to learn it without technology first. That's great. That, that's great. I want the takeaways to spend less money and get rid of some clients. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great advice. And uh, uh, I said people follow it. And I've seen that I've read the data on that too. Even going back from the geez, 2000, I think the last GPS that came out, growth performance standards. I uh, had that from 2014 and how much money actually you save by getting rid of some clients that are unprofitable. It's kind mm-hmm. of an exponential number and it always seems to be ringing true. And it's one of the hardest things as agency owners, agency and agents in general to do, but it could have the biggest impact actually on your profitability and actually your joy of coming into the office as well. So <laughs> joy is important too. Yeah, <laughs> true. And if you think tough. about it, it means that your competitors end up with them. So you're helping. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell one little story in that too. That, uh, well, I used to have a, a friend and my friendly competitor who I was, he was doing much better than I was when I first started. He used to have a bunch of his business cards and somebody, I, every time I ran into somebody like that, I was like, I am not able to help you. But this guy, certainly <laughs> 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 I don't know if he ever caught on because he retired. <laughs> whoever, whoever bought his book probably did pretty quick <laughs> well guys hey i greatly appreciate the uh, panel discussion uh, anytime i do anything like this all right especially when i sit in i always see this discussion alone could have been a whole day uh, we talk about data and how to analyze that and use it effectively and i think you guys hit on a, a lot of really good points and we could keep peeling that onion over and over again because every agency is different their data is always different but you guys get some great points that in the agency, no matter big, small, rural, urban, metropolitan, you can take it and adapt it to your situation. And I want to remind everyone that you, there is a send message feature on the, uh, the app here that you guys are watching here. So if anyone has any questions, basically, is all right if they reach out to any, any one of you gentlemen and this, or they have other questions, maybe dive down a little deeper on this. I know we can't handle it in a 45, 50 minute discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I know we all provided contact information to the um, Agency Nation crew uh, as well. So, I mean, uh, we're more than happy to answer anything you have. Greatly appreciate it. Once again, everyone else, stick around for we have happy hour coming up right after this. I believe we'll start in a few minutes. I'm sure you won't want to miss that. I want to thank Ron Schroyer, Ron Glosman, Ido Deutsch, Raghav Tana. Thank you so much for, for helping all of us here in the, in the world of insurance here probably make our agencies a little better and help serve our clients better. Thanks a lot. We can't do all this without you. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye.